1: Hello, welcome to 2022, and welcome back to the Nonprofit Investment Stewards Podcast. I'm Bob DeMeo. always good to be joined by co-host Devin Francis. Today, we have what I'll call kind of a quick-take episode that should bring all of you who oversee endowments, foundations, any sort of investment for a nonprofit or anywhere up to speed. Like last year, we're joined by our partner and Fiducian Advisor CIO, Matt Rice, Matt's about to provide all of us a recap of 2021, but more important, he's about to share our outlook for what investors might expect from stocks, bonds, and alternatives this year and beyond. Are stocks overpriced and about to tank? How will rising inflation and rate hikes impact your portfolio? We'll tackle those and other pressing questions in a moment, but first, Devin, how are you today and what are your thoughts on today's episode?
2: I'm great, Bob. Happy to... uh be joining you in this new year, and this is one of my favorite types of episodes talking about the investment world, and it's always great to hear from Matt. By now, most of our listeners might be familiar with Matt, so I'll keep the introduction short. But uh, as you mentioned, he's our chief investment officer. And among other things, he directs the firm's capital markets, investment strategy, and asset allocation modeling work. Matt has a bevy of credentials, including being a CFA and a graduate of Northwestern University. So, Matt, great to have you on the show again, and thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks, Devin. It's great to be here. Happy New Year.
1: Matt, so good to have you here and it's probably as good a time as any to share that none of what we're about to discuss today represents a specific recommendation and one thing we know for sure is that forecasts are, are really just that actual performance will differ. but let's get right into it Matt 2021 was a very strong year for stocks and that followed a surprisingly strong 2022 or 2020 rather. can you provide listeners, with a recap of what we saw from stocks last year?
3: No, absolutely, Bob. 2021 was a strong year for stocks driven by robust earnings growth and profit profit margin expansion. And that's all despite mounting wage pressures, labor shortages, and supply chain disruptions. So we saw in the U.S., uh, as measured by the S&P 500, stocks were up about 29%. Within large caps, uh, uh, we saw large cap stocks nearly doubling uh, the return relative to small caps, so about 28.7% uh, versus 14.8. And then within, uh, on the large cap side, particularly growth modestly beat value by about 2.5% for the year. On the other hand, within small cap uh, stocks, small cap value uh, stocks dominated growth by over 25%. Overseas, you know, foreign stocks uh, were up about 11% for the year, so solid, and not, not up as much as in the US, but up solid. Uh, on the other hand, emerging markets were down about 2.5%, uh, driven by China, which fell about 25% for the year. China's technology and internet stocks were hit particularly hard due to government crackdowns, and then also fallouts uh, surrounding a faltering Chinese real estate developer also weighed heavily on Chinese stock market sentiment.
2: Thanks, Matt. So just to recap, strong performance from stocks pretty much across the board, large outperformed small cap, domestic markets outperformed uh, international markets. How would you summarize last year's returns for bonds and alternative investments?
3: Investment grade bonds had a poor year with uh, Bloomberg U.S. aggregate index down one and a half percent for the year, although high yield bonds were up 7.8 percent as credit spreads continued to tighten. Foreign bonds were generally negative on a strong dollar as the U.S. dollar index rose over 6%. Yeah, hedge funds had a solid year and private equity had a strong performance and commitment levels. Real estate and broad real assets put up strong returns as inflation returned in a meaningful way for the first time in decades, running over 6% in the most recent 12-month period.
1: So, Matt, let's jump to, I think, what real listeners and investors in general are really interested in, and that is a look at performance expectations. What would you say your bumper sticker is in terms of where stocks and bonds are headed over the coming years?
3: Yeah, Bob, in our view, stocks have a modest return outlook over the next decade compared to the recent past. Valuations are elevated based on Ford price to earnings ratios and and Schiller Cap E metrics, the S&P 500 valuation is the highest on record, excluding a brief period in 1999 and 2000 during the dot-com technology stock bubble period. While history is not destiny, uh, the S&P 500 index had a negative uh, return in the ten years uh, and after 1999. So we don't think we're kind of we're in the 1999 category yet. We are getting close. Uh, On the other hand, bond return forecasts are downright awful. We expect most bond categories to underperform inflation. We expect uh, investment grade U.S. fixed income to return about 1.7 over the next decade, while we expect inflation to run at 2.5%. So in other words, we expect bonds to generate about a negative 1% real return over the next decade.
2: Okay. So you gave us your broad takeaways. Stock expectations are modest. Bond expectations are awful, as you say. (laughs) Let's dive into some specifics. So what is the outlook for U.S. stocks going forward? And how does that outlook compare to not only the past, but also compared to expectations for foreign stocks?
3: That's a good question, Devin. Our U.S. stock forecast is uh, 5.9% on the uh, total U.S. stock market, 5.7% for the S&P 500 over the next decade. It's our second lowest nominal return forecast on record, as last year was actually lower, uh, but it's our lowest real return forecast, given that our inflation expectations rose meaningfully since last year. When it comes to small cap versus large, we do expect uh, uh, small cap to outperform modestly over the next decade, 5.8 versus uh, 54 Large caps have dominated in recent years, but we expect that trend to reverse over the next decade. When it comes to value versus growth, you know, no style grows to heaven and growth looks rich compared to value on pretty much every historical metric you look at. However, don't be surprised if growth continues to dominate in 2022. However, we do, we do think over time, we expect value to, to normalize and catch up with growth.
2: Great, and can you share some specifics with regard to our expectations for bonds and alternative asset classes?
3: Yeah, when it comes to bonds, uh, very modest returns, under two percent, generally within U.S. investment grade, in the one point seven percent range. When you look at global global fixed income, even a little bit less than that. And as I mentioned, two and a half percent break even inflation over the next ten years, kind of a difficult road to hoe. On the other hand. While credit spreads are tight, we are seeing high yield uh, bond forecasts in the mid threes. So that's not necessarily something that excites us. But on the other hand, at least it's positive uh, relative to the level of inflation over the next 10 years. When it comes to alternatives, we expect skillful, uh, marketable alternative strategies to generate meaningful alpha, which is uh, risk adjusted return. When it comes to hedge funds and, and, and marketable alternatives, it really depends on the strategy when it comes to risk and return. But we do expect uh, meaningful outperformance on a risk-adjusted basis uh, if you hire the right managers. Within the private equity space, you know private equity valuations are elevated as are really valuations everywhere, but we do expect meaningful outperformance over public equities over the next 10 years.
1: Thanks, Matt. So we've talked to this point a lot about return. And let's think about this from the investment committee members' perspective, someone overseeing an endowment foundation, that sort of thing. And we know that oftentimes spending policies might be 4 to 5%. And when we think about risk, and your expectations with respect to return, any shift in how we're viewing risk this year, we're expecting more volatility or not, and how can a committee member think about allocating a portfolio?
3: Yeah, Bob, that's a great question. I mean, given the uncertainty of the pandemic, inflation pressures, and the 2022 actions that the Fed has forecasted uh, about reining in quantitative easing I'd say buckle your seatbelts for 2022 (laughs) as it could shape up to be a volatile year. The market hates uncertainty more than it hates bad news. And there's plenty of uncertainty over the next year. Will inflation moderate? We hope so. It's currently running over 6%. The market expectations are it'll come back into the mid twos over the next decade. So that's kind of baked into what the market's expecting now. How quickly will the Fed taper its asset purchases? The Fed is purchasing about 120 billion a month in, in uh, fixed income purchases that it's going to begin to unwind over the next six months or so. How much will the Fed raise rates? Kind of baked in is now three rate hikes, and then of course, oh by the way, we have a, a pandemic that continues to affect uh, the economy and labor markets. And then we do expect economic growth also to normalize. It's been running at a rampant cl- clip the last year with with really recovering from the recession. But economic growth will will continue to slow, we think, but uh, we don't think it'll slow into anywhere close to recession ter- uh, territory. However, there's really no shortage of questions for, for 2022. So I would say buckle your seatbelts. It could be a bumpy ride. Hmm.
2: So, Matt, let's conclude with asset allocation. And if you can provide listeners with some practical insights on how they might view their portfolios. So, if there's an investment committee member or an executive director listening to this, how might they go about thinking about asset allocation in the current environment?
3: Yeah, as always, we would suggest stay diversified. The future is uncertain, and it's always more uncertain than you think it is. However, if you have the wherewithal from a liquidity perspective, we would suggest perhaps uh, expanding the alternative investment allocations within portfolios. So specifically looking for alpha strategies in the lower volatility segments, we think that can, you know, hedge fund and alternatives that can add risk-adjusted performance. And also uh, on the private equity side where, where we think that there can be a meaningful outperformance uh, there.
2: And given the fact that your outlook for fixed income markets is so poor, what do you think about fixed income from an asset allocation perspective? Does it still play a role in a portfolio?
3: Yeah. Unfortunately, when it comes to diversifying a portfolio, especially when you're, you have a meaningful, uh, call it a, a tight constraints on volatility, you, you need to invest in fixed income just to buffer your volatility. However, when, if you're investing in longer term portfolios, where you can take additional risk or you have basically the ability to take on a little bit more illiquidity, we'd suggest finding other ways to diversify portfolio, whether through marketable alternatives, hedge funds, things of that nature.
1: Thanks, Matt. I think that's really helpful. And you're prompting thoughts about our often used three levers exercise and working with clients, right? And it's probably as good a time as any to remember that when you think of the three levers, just to repeat inflows, outflows, and then required return for any sort of nonprofit or investor in general, for that matter, the the investment component is just one part, right? And you have me thinking that if we're expecting muted returns on an ongoing basis, or at least uh, at this point for a period of time, it's important for stewards to think about if, if you can't get there with returns to whatever there is for your mission, that perhaps they need to increase inflows, whether that's fundraising development, what have you, or decrease outflows. So probably just important to, to keep that in mind. And kind of along those lines, you've shared a good amount here. Any other thoughts or considerations that you'd share with someone who oversees an endowment or a foundation portfolio in this environment?
3: Well, I think, I think it's important to continue to focus on the long term. I, I mean, we're going to go through, uh, over the next decade or two, we're going to go through a lot, of, a lot of periods where things look overpriced and overvalued, a lot of times where things might look underpriced, undervalued, but continue to focus on the long term. Time is on the side of most endowment and foundation investors. You know, when investing over multiple decades, time is a great ally to have.
2: Yeah, it's so important to keep that long-term perspective. So thanks for pointing that out. We really appreciate you joining us today, Matt. I know that it's been quick, but you've shared so many excellent insights. For folks who want to find out more, access more resources, we've got a ton on our website, fiduciandadvisors.com. You can check out the Insights tab, and from there, you'll be able to access White Papers, our blog, and other episodes of the podcast. So, Matt, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Devin.
1: Thanks, Bob. Happy New Year. Thanks so much, Matt. Great to have you on the show and great input. And I would say in addition to the great resources that Devin mentioned, if you want an even deeper look at the return and risk expectations that Matt previewed, we have an outstanding capital markets white paper that is not available on our website. It's a roughly 20-page report that walks through our expectations for literally every asset class and includes our rationale you can obtain that by contacting the show email or simply reach out to Devin or me on LinkedIn. All this will be in the show notes. So to all you good stewards, thanks for investing time to help your nonprofits prosper. We'll connect with you soon on the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Investment Stewards Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified of new episodes and visit fiduciantadvisors.com for more information. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of fiducian advisors. Content is made available for informational and educational purposes only and does not represent a specific recommendation. Always seek the advice of qualified professionals familiar with your unique circumstances.